Hey there, everybody. It's Josh Rayner here, and I have a special guest today. You may know her from some recent films, such as The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, or the Fear Street Trilogy. Or you may know her from How I Met Your Mother. I am here with Charlene Amoya. Charlene, how are you today? I'm good, Josh. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, so uh, I was doing a little uh, research uh, on you, you know, coming up with questions and stuff, and uh, I discovered that you're from Buffalo. Yes. I am from that area as well. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I was born in Dunkirk, went to school okay. in, in, in Fredonia. I worked out in, in uh, Orchard Park and in Hamburg oh, wow. and stuff like that uh, for yeah. quite a while. Yeah, so uh, I, I lived my whole life out in Western New York, so I oh, thought that wow. was cool. Yeah, yeah. Kinda, I hear a little bit of that Great Lakes accent. Yeah. I'm going to come out, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how long did you uh, live out there? Um, I lived, I was born there, and I lived there till I, I have a puppy, and he's driving. Ooh, he hello. So if I'm, if I'm scooting around, it's because he can't decide if he wants to be with me or not with me. Um, oh, that's totally okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I was born there and I left when I was 15 because my father moved to Vegas. And so I kind of moved with him and uh, yeah, but I, I was just back a couple weeks ago. Actually, it was about a month and a half ago. And um, there's this thing that Buffalo does right now called Porch Fest, which yeah. is pretty cool. Do you know about it? Yeah. Oh, I had never seen anything like it. I'm like, this is great. Like all towns should do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's cool uh, to be back. I usually go back for Christmas, so it's cool to be back during the summer and get to enjoy. Buffalo's a great – I mean, Western New York is a great place to be in the summertime. Yeah, yeah not so good in the winter, but definitely in the <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's all we're kind of known for is our blizzards and bad that's weather. Cool. But it's a beautiful town in the summer, and it's really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's re that's really cool. I, You know, like I said, I, I was just uh, – I just discovered that earlier today, so I was like, I have to, I have to ask her about that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, right, thanks so, to a Western New Yorker. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's kind of let the, the fans know a little bit about you. Um, obviously, we just learned where you know where you're from. Uh, <laughs> but what drew you into acting as a as a profession? Uh, is it something that uh, you had always wanted to do? Is it something that you kind of fell into? No, I fell into it. I. Um... My father had a, a girl who was working for him who did some shoe modeling in, in Vegas. And with shoe modeling, you have to have a sample size. For females, that's a size six. My size is a seven, but it's narrow, so I fit into a six. And she was unable to work the show. She was supposed to work for Nine West, so she asked me to um, take her place, and I did it. It was pretty good money to work this convention, and you got a ton of really cool free shoes. Um, but from that point, that agent signed me and um, sent me out on an audition. And my very first audition was for a one nine hundred commercial. It was terrible, and <laughs> I. It was in fact, I was in college, and it was for one nine hundred, like a phone sex commercial. Oh, and, <laughs> and I didn't know what I was getting into. I just went there and I looked at the copy, and then I did it, and I was just like, hmm. and then I booked the job, and. Uh, decided not to take the job. They they were like, all right, if you want to do this for a career at all, like maybe you don't want this. And so I didn't take that job, but that audition just gave me a high. It was just a hit of, it was an experience where I didn't know 
what it was, but it felt transcendent and it felt like I had to follow it. So um, from that point, when I finished school, I just moved to LA blindly and got in some maxing classes and got a badge and, and nothing happened for a little while. And eventually I started moving. I um, got a really good commercial agent, started doing really well commercially. Eventually I got a good manager and started doing some TV and film stuff and it, it kind of grew from there but it was it was really like when I moved to LA everybody's like yeah you'll be back in six months or a year because it wasn't yeah. something that I really pursued and uh here I, I hear, am I hear that a lot you know people people tend to say you know you're gonna be back within a year you know it's, I, I feel yeah. like I hear that a lot from people yeah um, so if you hadn't pursued acting what do you think you'd be doing right now was did you have any other passions I, I'm, I love learning. So yeah. I, I, I feel like I'm always taking some class or another. Um, I do love human psychology and I think that's why acting stuck for me because you're studying human behavior and yeah. you're studying the whys people behave the way they do. Um, I probably would have thought of, um, something in psychology other than, uh, you know, when I found out that like, apparently as far as professions, dentist and like therapist like psychiatrists have like the highest suicides rates yeah <laughs> so, i've heard that yeah because <laughs> you know i don't know everybody hates a dentist apparently and uh you know if you're listening to people you know not happy all the time that may take its toll but um yeah i think something something with I love people. I'm a people person. So some way to be with people and maybe inspire them or help them in some way. All right. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you've worked on dozens of high profile projects over the years. Uh, what has it meant to you to be part of some of these just really iconic uh, projects? It's interesting because while I'm doing them, I don't necessarily know they're going to be iconic. Yeah. Like, you know, like how I met your mother was that. And so um, it's years later that it's this uh, gratitude of being part of something that people really beloved. Um, and again, it, it didn't know I would be um, back for more than one episode initially. Um, but then there's there's things like American Reunion, which had already had three hit American Pie movies. And I knew when I went into that one. Um, that was pretty exciting because I was a fan of the movies and of the characters. And then to somehow be in this universe with, with them, um, was, was awesome. I, I, uh, was a huge fan as a like young girl of the movie Clueless with Alicia Silverstone. Yes. Love that movie. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's such a good classic movie. I'm glad to hear that you loved it too, because it's it's not just for girls, you know. Um, I, I I watched that movie so so many times when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was just, great. It's solid. It's a solid movie. Um. So my girlfriends and I watched that a lot, and so um at some point I I did a pilot. I think it was in 2012 or 13 with Alicia Silverstone. Um. Oh. It was called HR and it was for Lifetime and it was directed by Darren Starr who had done, you know, the Sex and the Cities at 90210. Oh, okay. And um, I thought for sure with that one, I'm like, how could this not go? But, but anyway, that, because you're asking me 
what it's like to be I, and just because I was such a fan of Clueless when I when I was suddenly on set with her and maybe going to be doing a TV show with her. That was a like a real pinch me moment. Um, like, again, like, how did I get here? I, yeah. I, yeah, I feel very blessed um, in some of the, the ways things have fallen into my life. Nice. All right. So I know a lot of actors have a hard time kind of watching the things that they're in. Is this the case, the case for you? Uh, and if not, do you have a favorite project that you've watched yourself uh, perform? Um, yeah, it is a thing about watching yourself. I guess you've interviewed a lot of actors because, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're looking at your face on this big screen, you can't help but notice all the flaws or yeah. if they freeze frame and you're like, you know, yeah. they're like, All right, we, we need you to dub this line, but they're like, or you have a double shin in it or something. So it, it, I think I'm like this with pictures too. Like the first time I see it, I might automatically just see everything that I, I'm maybe critical of, but then the second time around, it's okay. All right. I try, I, I mean, I try to be nice to myself because, you know, it's we're in this world where everybody's retouching everything and it, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not what we should be doing, you know? And they got me with this grainy camera over here. <laughs> <laughs> keeping it real, you know, gotta yeah, keep gotta it keep real. It real. <laughs> I mean, the more we can keep individually keep it real, the more I think like unconsciously we give other others permission to keep it real. And there is this sense yeah. of relief underneath it. Like, None of us are perfect. And you, typically the things you fall in love with on people are the endearing flaws, you know, quote unquote. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, you know, talked about how you are in a whole lot of different big uh, franchises or, uh, you know, series, things like that. Are there any that you haven't done yet? They haven't been a part of that. You'd love the opportunity to, to uh, dip your toes into. Uh, I would love to do a, like a big comedy, like a, like I've always been a fan of Tom Shadyac comedy films. You know, he's the, you know, the last decade he's veered off and done a lot of other kinds of things, but I love physical comedy. Um, so I would love to be able to be really silly, um, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I love liar liar because it's so big and broad and I mean, it makes me cry. I'm laughing so hard. So that'd, I, that'd be awesome to to see you do something like that. Yeah. Thank absolutely. you. <laughs> I, I would, yeah, I would love that. Um, yeah. So that that's what I would put out there. I, as an actor, I pretty much take anything I can get as long as it's not compromising any of my values because yeah. we love to work. But um, dream jobs would definitely be something where I I get to be goofy all day. All right. Yeah. Again, I'd love to see that. So, Thank you. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you talk about comedy, but on the other side, uh, you've done uh, quite a few horror projects recently yeah. uh, over the last few years. Uh, is horror something that you uh, have always been into? Is it something that you just kind of started doing because the jobs kind of came up? Um, as a kid, I was a huge fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yeah. Uh, and I watched all the Exorcist movies too. As an adult, I I got more afraid of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they started affecting me more, and so I, I, you know, the first time I watched Conjuring One, I was I was a, afraid to fall asleep in my bed for a 
probably a couple months. I mean, it was just, that's worth yeah. it. Take her feet. So, um, I can appreciate them, but I do, uh, yeah, I'm a little afraid. That, that, that's the short of it. I'm afraid. I have watched all the Conjury movies. I have watched all the Fear Street movies. Uh, okay. Fear Street's a little different for me because it's, you know, it's more slasher fun. Um, yeah. yeah. Popcorn eating, like, homage to, like, time periods that we all love. Um, Conjuring gets under, gets in my noggin a bit where it has me thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and speaking of the conjuring, uh, you know, uh, that just recently came out. You were, you played Judy Glatzel, the mother of uh, the young boy, David, who was possessed at the beginning of the film, uh, as a film that's based on a real life case, playing a character based on a real person. What sort of prep did you have to do to get ready for this role? Well, there's a book that was written, um, about that family and enduring that, that torturous time, but also, I got to speak with the real Debbie Glatzel, who is my daughter and her husband who plays the lead in the Conjuring three. Um, the story is based on. Yeah. Um, so I, I got to spend a couple hours with them on the phone, uh, getting their version of, of, and their memories of how things happened. And that was probably the best prep that an actor can get is to talk to the family. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the experiences that you had working on the set uh, with uh, some of these actors? Sure. Um, well, on The Conjuring, we uh, we had a bishop that came and blessed the house, oh. him and, and three nuns, So and uh, did a blessing on us as well and gave us some uh, holy water. And... Uh, on set, working with Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson and Paul Wilson, who's um, Patrick's brother, played my husband. Um, surprisingly, like it was very light and jovial. Um, and the girl who played my daughter, Sarah Catherine Hook, became a very, very good friend of mine. Um, so there was a lot of laughing on set in between takes. Um, I would love to see outtakes for a movie like this. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Like I, there was one scene where I remember Michael Schaff's, our director was like, it was, you know, in the midst of like this, the possession. And there was a scene that didn't make the movie where you, my, my son stabs my husband in the leg and then I'm wrapping the wound and there was just, it was just a lot of chaos, but the director's like, okay, everybody needs to do jumping jacks. Like, let's get this, energy. you know, so like, you know, we're just getting a lot of breath and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's, it's different than maybe how, you know, when you see the final thing put together and it's just, you see this kid and he's doing basic crazy acrobats and stuff. And it's, it's terrifying to watch, but the making of is, is is often quite the opposite like in romantic scenes too you know um they're hot and heavy but they're so technical sometimes there's no chance of it actually being hot and heavy for real yeah yeah i mean i I, yeah i've heard that a lot of times the romantic scenes are super awkward yeah it's like we need your head this way right now and you know so (laughs) the complete opposite of romance (laughs) Uh, so i know that Vera Farmiga has said that she experienced some strange phenomena on the previous film. Did anything like that happen uh, for you or, or, or anyone else uh, that you, that you know of on this one? Um, I did have 
um, my the room that I was in would the lights would flicker a lot um, when I was reading the script. That happened a couple times. I had an Uber driver drive me to a graveyard on the way Ooh. to set accidentally. He didn't huh. know, and he was like, "I don't know why Maps took me here." And huh. uh, yeah. yeah, that's definitely creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also uh, there was in the middle of the night one night. A po- like a pounding on the door. Um, there was no person there. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it could be supernatural stuff. You know, how do you prove any of this? I don't know. Um, I, w- I was a little bit more spooked with the, the graveyard thing made me laugh. And the lights flickering, it was like, oh, hmm, is this, is this really related? Yeah. But the pounding thing, it, it, it got to me a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, I, I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. That would freak me out. <laughs> uh, so uh, also you were in Fear Street. It just just recently came out. Uh, I actually finished watching it today. I watched the third part uh, today. I loved it. Um, were you familiar with the Fear Street books before taking the role? No, I didn't read the R.L. Stein books um, in the 90s when they were hot. I, I was reading kind of what was uh, my parents were reading, and there was a lot of Stephen King. So I read some of that. Mm. But, um, I've become pretty familiar with him between these movies and this TV show I just shot called Just Beyond. Yeah. Um, so that's for uh, a younger teen. It's thriller for younger teens. So, um, but yeah, I, I hadn't read the books. Uh, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't, uh, I didn't know a lot about him before these movies. Hey, uh, and as you have played in the, in these two parts that you're in, you played two different characters uh, in between parts one and part three. I was wondering what it was like kind of jumping into this different time period. Cause they're you know, significantly different 300 year difference here. Uh, did it feel like you were doing a whole new film? Uh, you know, how, what was the kind of feel on, on set for those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the third movie, you know, I was in a bonnet and no makeup and very, very plain clothed and uh, doing um, an accent that was sort of British, sort of Irish, some sort of combo um, <laughs> and this awful heat and, you know, talking about having witches hanged and uh, that that was couldn't be further from the woman I was playing in the first one, which was a very materialistic snobby uh, lady who uh, is into her makeup and her wardrobe and, and how people perceive her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know, just cause I rewatched the, the opening of, of the first one uh, earlier today. And I was like, you're literally the second person that we are, introduced to yeah in in this movie and i remember when i first when i watched it the first time i was like i was like oh it's wendy the waitress oh you like, knew? yeah i recognized wow. you right away i was like wow. oh wow she's in this movie i, I, was, <laughs> I thought that was really cool wow. um yeah so uh between these two uh did you have a preference uh, between the parts that you played in these i, I liked i i loved the opening scene of 1994 i i see what they were doing with Maya Hawk when I was watching her close-ups and how they were, how it wasn't an homage to the Drew Barrymore scene in Scream. And um, I was thrilled to be part of it. And I was playing a role that yeah. people don't normally cast me as, you know, usually yeah. I cast as a nice, a nice benign, innocent 
quirky girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, de- definitely different from uh, yeah. a lot of the other things. Yeah. Uh, so like you said, you're doing another R.L. Stein project, uh, the Disney Plus series Just Beyond. I was wondering uh, if there was anything you could tell us about this uh, and how you uh, got involved in it. Um, well, I got involved in it by auditioning. Was, my projects usually come in that way. I've only been okay. straight offered a few times. But um, these, so it's an eight episode series and each episode stands alone uh, with a whole new cast. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah, which is really cool. And then um, they've gotten together a really good cast, really good directors, and um, just pretty cool, thrilling scenarios. I play a very um, quirky uh, principal who's pulling her hair out because all of the kids in my school are out of their minds and I'm trying to yeah. handle it. And in the meantime, I'm losing my hair. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. And <laughs> that's the losing my hair, but it is like it's just getting crazier and crazier yes. as as the episode goes on. And that's the the pilot episode, right? Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, yeah. we'll get to see you right away, right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I'm going to kind of move uh, away from the horror uh, area a little bit. And uh, I know that last year you were in the DC film Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. You played Maria Bertinelli, uh, the mother of Helena Bertinelli, a.k.a. Huntress. Uh, were you a DC Comics fan before uh, taking this role? Uh, did you know anything about uh, any of the characters uh, that you were uh, kind of involved with or anything? I knew a bit about... The, this character and and once I got the role I did read a couple comic I mean there's there's several different versions of Helena's story yes. um, you oh so you are a fan oh um, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I read up on all of them and uh, just to kind of know what the the fans what kind of backstories the fans would be coming in with but um, I other than that not not much more um, but I was certainly happy to play it. I, I come from a big Italian family. Yeah. And, uh, so this, although I've not experienced a scene like that, I've certainly heard of them. Um, <laughs> there's some <laughs> obscures in my family, you know, my great grandpa's time. So uh, it, it felt, it felt like I should be there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, as you kind of alluded to, uh, you know, your character does meet a pretty grisly fate. Uh, can you talk a bit about, what it was like filming that scene. Cause it was, yeah, it was pretty intense. It was an intense scene. In fact, we, that scene took about 16 hours. We were there all day. Um, it was just sort of, it felt as epic as it was. There's a lot of characters, um, yeah. a lot of drama um, and a really full backstory for, for Helena um, going, going into why she becomes who she becomes yeah. Um, so it was emotional and, um, and at the same time it was fun. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, even like learning how to take bullets, you know, yeah. a lot of stunt people there and I had to have a, a very ugly death. So, uh, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job though. Great Thank job. You. Thank you. <laughs> uh, now this, 
this wasn't the first time that you'd been in a DC project uh, as you had appeared in an episode of the CW's The Flash, mm-hmm. season five, episode 10, The Flash and the Furious the previous year. Can you talk about your experience on that show a little bit? Uh, that was, well, the, so they shoot the, they shot The Flash in Vancouver. And so yeah. I, I got to go to Vancouver for um, the week, which was awesome. And um, my my character was in a courthouse recounting some of the um, stuff that was happening in the episode. So I didn't get to experience all the fun superpower stuff, but, yeah. you know, just got to say how this evil was affecting the town. Were there any uh, shenanigans? Because I've heard that on a lot of the CW uh superhero shows there's a lot of shenanigans going on uh off uh you know behind the scenes and whatnot did you experience anything like that i did not you must know way more than i do yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah those uh those crews tend to uh they tend to get into a lot of a lot of a lot of like i said shenanigans uh, oh i I, i've heard a lot of interesting stories about the sense of those shows so yeah uh is there a a dc property that you'd uh, like to kind of get the chance to tackle you know, now that you've done, you know, a couple of different ones. I mean, I love, you know, obviously all the wonder woman stuff and just to play any character, any strong female character. Did to get you as an Amazon in the next wonder woman movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Come on now. I <laughs> would actress wouldn't want to do that. Exactly. Have to have to hit up Patty Jenkins see see what's going on. Exactly. You can put a phone call in for me. I'll do I'll do what I can. Okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, you know, The Conjuring, the Devil Made Me Do It, Fear Street, and Birds of Prey all come from established properties with built-in fan bases. Was there any added pressure on you while doing these projects and knowing how kind of fervent the the fan bases can be? People ask that question a lot. I th- thankfully, I ha- my mind didn't go there ahead that's of good. time. Yeah, uh, because it, that's exactly right. There's a fervent following. Um, I I mean, I knew with the Conjuring because I had seen the first one, and I was I was very impressed with. Even though Conjuring effect, it scared me yeah. I, a lot. I was very, very impressed with that movie, the story, and just how tight the script was. Um, and I, I just thought it was one of one of the best horror movies that I had seen. So uh, going into it, I was just excited to be part of that universe because they do it so well. Um, yeah. And and the same thing with anything DC, you know, just to even if it's a small part to be part of this world that has. A lot of people have put a lot of energy creating and, and has such a following. Um, very, very grateful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're grateful to have you in you know, all these uh, amazing projects. Uh, and one of the ones that I've loved the most uh, is the one that you're probably most famous for. And that is how I met your mother. Uh, you played Wendy, the waitress on the show for six seasons. Your character became one of the, the few well-known side characters of that show, so I was shocked when I realized you'd only been in 17 episodes out of the 208 total. Uh, and I did the calculation. It's 8% of the episodes, which oh. is kind of mind blowing to me because when, I feel like Wendy the waitress has become synonymous uh, with the show for me and a lot of other fans, you know, wow. it's like 
when you when you outside of those main five, there, there's really three that come to my mind, and it's Wendy the waitress, Carl the bartender, and Ranjit. And like, so the fact that you were only in those few episodes, like, I was, I, I was shocked. I, I could have swore you were in way more of that show. So, uh, you definitely left a lasting impression uh, during those times. So, can you talk a bit about how uh, this project came about? Um, I mean, I assume, like you said before, you uh, you just auditioned for it, but and I know you said that you th- it was only supposed to be the one episode. Um, when did you find out that you were going to be coming back, and uh, and and how was that uh, kind of reaction? With, with the, what was your reaction to that? Well, first, thank you for being such a, a cool fan um, and saying everything you just said. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and you're I, welcome. <laughs> yeah, I think the three of us, uh, me and, and the guy who played Carl and, and Reggie, I think they, we've all done around a 20 episodes. So um, the, the idea that the fans think that we were an essential part or a cool part is, is really nice to hear. Um, yeah, it was just one episode initially, and I didn't find out about the next episode till the week before when they said, hey, we, we want to put you on hold for this episode. And um, that's how every episode happened, probably for all for the three of us anyway. Oh, there wow. was never a, a contract. So mm-hmm. it was just as they were writing the episodes, if they felt to put one of us in, they did. And um, all of us got probably a couple cool episodes throughout the extension of the show. And um, it was, it was a great time. I, I, I had auditioned initially for different, a couple different roles. And so then they offered me the waitress, which I didn't know what I would even be saying until I got the script. Hmm. But what, yeah. What, uh, what roles were the other uh, ones that you auditioned for? I'm curious. They were, I think, they might have been in the episode before. I think I was initially in the third episode, um, but they were two girls that went on dates with Ted and had bad experiences. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Like, Cause I, uh, me and my brother just started a, a how I met your mother podcast and oh. uh, we, like, we're just, I think we just recorded episode eight. So we have just watched that episode. So yeah, oh, I, I know oh, cool. exactly. I know exactly which two you're talking about. Which okay, is, that's yeah. really funny. Yeah, well, go ahead. Sorry, I'm, I'm. No, it's okay. I'm. I'm glad that they went. That they gave you this role instead, because obviously those two characters, you never see them again. Exactly, and that's yeah. you know they had a lot more lines in those scenes, but I was like, oh, huh. My first episode was one line, but yeah. but I you knew that this was a permanent set, so that there was potential for something more so obviously thankfully i was happy to do it and um and then that is what happened they just kept writing them writing these three characters in here or there um and it was a it was a good time it was a very nice set to be on it was a it was a fun set there's a lot of laughing and really really nice people was there, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, the the people. Was there anyone that was in particular that you enjoyed working with the most? Are you asking me out of the actors? Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you have another answer, I totally. Uh, <laughs> you got stories. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the juice? Um, I, 
it feel like a really bad parent, like saying, well, this is my favorite kid. <laughs> and, and I I'm really, sure they're not watching this. But they, listen, they, it was a really great collective group. I, I, um, I got to work obviously with Alison Hannigan again on American reunion. So I felt like I got to know her a little bit better and I, adore her. And I thought she's, a, I, I think she's as sweet as can be and um, just a nice, fun person. Um, but it's I, good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a great girl. And I, but the same thing for Kobe is a very, very nice person. I just don't, I don't, I didn't get to know her as well. Yeah. Uh, and the three guys, you know, they're, they're all fun and making jokes and it's a, it's a good group. It's too hard to say, Oh, this one. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> playing devil's advocate. I get but, it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, so we talked a bit about, uh, you know, how you didn't really know where this character was going to go, but as the series went on, did you kind of feel the fan love grow for the character at all? Or was this something that you kind of realized after your run on it? I feel like I, well, there, there were a few times where I would get recognized, which would surprise me because I didn't feel yeah. like I was a big part of this. You know, like you said, it was only 17 episodes. So, um, you know, but in airports or in malls or in grocery stores, it, it had happened a few times. And um, but but yeah, the big it, it really happened after the fact, I think after the series was over and being in syndication. And um, I, I feel like that's that's really when it felt like, Oh, I was, I was part of something really special and, and other people might think that too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you have a, a favorite moment or episode that you were involved in? Yeah. I mean, I, my favorite episodes are the platinum rule and garbage Island. And just cause I, I had a lot more to do the platinum rule, especially yeah. was fun to uh, have my character experience all the Barneyisms, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just it was fun to have more to do, and it was also fun to see uh, how I grew up and got married and got out of the service industry, as far as we know, and had a bunch of kids, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 with the platinum, she went through a whole roller coaster of, of uh, emotions and whatnot throughout that whole episode. It was fantastic uh, the way you portrayed it. Thank you. And it's, I think it's something that's very relatable. I think a lot of people yeah. have had experiences where you date somebody at work and hopefully it goes great, but yeah. the numbers are probably not in your favor. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know, I know that yeah. from experience. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so you, you mentioned Garbage Island the last time we saw Wendy in, in that episode. Uh, and we learned that she has become angry with Marshall because of his actions. Yes. Uh, causing her job to get more difficult. Do you think Wendy ever really forgave Marshall? I mean, it did lead to her meeting the love of her life. Right. But, you know, I guess it depends on uh, how 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 deep she holds a grudge. That's true. I think, uh, like, with all wounds, time really does heal. And in reflection, knowing that this is how her and her husband connected, she might even have a special place in her heart for Marshall. All right. I like, I like that. I think that's a fantastic answer. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, thank you, Charlene, for uh, talking to me today. It was fantastic. Just kind of getting to know you a little bit and uh, hearing about uh, your time on all these uh, awesome projects. Uh, we talked about your upcoming series just beyond a little bit, but are there any other upcoming projects that you'd like to talk about before we wrap up? The only other thing that will be out probably after Just Beyond will be a series called um, Sons of Thunder Redemption. And it's about a motorcycle gang that finds redemption. And mm -hmm. I, I'm a series regular on, get to um, see a cool arc. Um, my husband, who's part of the motorcycle gang. Oh, all right, cool. Uh, and where can the, the fans find you on, uh, on the internet? Well, on Instagram at charlene.amoya and on Facebook and Twitter. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> thank you again for joining me. I truly appreciate it. And uh, I hope that uh, you have a lot of success in all your future projects. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me. It's been nice talking to you. Right, thank you. Okay. <laughs>